Coming to you from sunny Sacramento, it's How I Built My Business, an entrepreneur podcast. I'm Dave Carlson, and thank you so much for listening. This show is brought to you by Carlson O'Connell Commercial Real Estate. We help businesses lease and purchase office space. This podcast is for business owners and entrepreneurial nerds to share their stories. It's a support group for those of us who just can't help but start businesses. Today's guest is Brett Fair. He is the founder and managing partner of 360 Risk Partners. Brett, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Dave. Absolutely. We're really excited to learn about how you're doing something new and innovative in an industry that is in very much need of innovation. Uh, we're really excited to learn about your story of how you got to where you are and kind of learn about where you're going. It's, you know, what we're hoping to get out of today. Um, you know, how's your week going? Just another week in the insurance world, you know. <laughs> just, just another day in paradise? Yep. Well, ho hopefully paradise. I'm going to Hawaii on Thursday. Oh, there you go. So you're yeah. going to actual paradise soon. Actual that, uh, paradise. that helps. Yeah. That's very cool. Well, uh, we'll have to just, uh, you know, crush through this week so, so you can get there. One of the questions we'd like to start by asking is uh, describe the worst job you've ever had without naming the employer so we don't get sued. <laughs> wow. Uh, I've actually only had two, two jobs, one in this, in this industry and uh, the other was was parking cars for a valet company and I did that from age 16 till like 22 um, and uh, that wasn't a bad job because a 16 year old gets to park a Ferrari uh, nobody really complains about that so I can't say I've really had any bad jobs other than maybe working for other people in the insurance business. <laughs> God, well, you've, you've led a blessed life then, it sounds like. that's. Uh, were you nervous about parking a Ferrari? I'm not a particularly great driver, so I feel like that would have made me a little, little nervous. Definitely uh, nervous, but I think that the biggest hardship in parking cars was when the Toyota Prius first came out. It was an electric car, which you know, you're really used to, and they're also like the first keyless cars. One, you don't think the car's on. Two, you don't see the keys, so you're chasing the customer inside the restaurant or wherever it is that you're that you're parking this car. Uh, so yeah, that was my um, that was my first uh, um, hiccup in the uh, in the valet world. The exotic cars, you get used to them after you've been doing it for a while. That is cool. So so you so you've actually parked Ferraris. Would you say that's the fanciest car you did? Depends on who you are and what's fancier, a Lamborghini, a Ferrari. Uh, I've parked them all. When I was going to school in San Diego, I worked as a valet at Morton's Steakhouse. Working here, I worked a lot of private parties in Sacramento. Any car you could think of, I've, I've probably sat in and driven. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, very cool. So you obviously went from working out of valet to probably working at other people's insurance firms to eventually having your own. Is that kind of the path? I was just going to school and I was looking, um, valet gig was getting a little bit old and I was just looking for a, uh, for a part-time job. Um, went on Craigslist, found a, uh, a job for uh, telemarketing and I knew that I, I'm pretty good at, you know, talking and being on the phone. Um, and so I, I showed up for an interview and, um, actually a funny story. Uh, the reason why I got this job um, which turned out to be a, an insurance agency, a farmer's insurance agency. Um, and he was just looking for a cold caller, create appointments. The weekend before I had some buddies that had dared me to uh, pretty much shave off my eyebrows and uh, my hair. 
And so I go into the interview and, um, I mean, I probably looked like I had been going through chemo and like later on down the road, the owner of the agency actually told me they felt sorry for me that, and that's why I got the job. I was also the only person that wore a suit to the, to the interview, but that was how I got started in the insurance business, knew nothing about insurance other than auto insurance. That's really all I knew and started working at a farmer's agency that was a big personal lines doing a lot of home and auto stuff. And he just knew that there was a lot of money in the workers comp business, which uh, is what he, he had me do. And um, turned out, you know, I was really good on the phones. I had a stack of phone numbers and company names and a list of information that I had to get from those employers in order to go through the quote process. And I was getting like five new prospects per day, just dialing for dollars. And the agent really didn't know anything about what to do from that point forward. He asked if I could get licensed. I got licensed. And uh, within a year, we, you know, out of 65,000 farmers agents, we had the ninth largest book of workers comp business in the country. Wow. Um, so I, I completely fell into this, uh, into this gig. I never realized or even thought that I would ever be in the insurance business at all. Do you, do you think if you had gone in with your eyebrows intact and no suit that you wouldn't be doing what you're doing right now? I'm not sure, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Who knew that? Um, yeah, defacing your your uh, yourself would uh, prove to be a a positive, right? <laughs> that is awesome. And so, if you are selling workers' comp insurance, then you are mostly cold calling business owners, right? It's probably not like a it's it's a B two B as opposed to a B two C. Yeah, yeah. It's hundred percent B two B. We sell in in all fifty states, but I would say that you know, 90% of our book of business is in California. California is just such a difficult state. We also, I mean, we also have extremely high rates from a cost perspective. So, you know, that translates to more premiums, which obviously translate into more revenue because we get paid based on, um, off the, the premium dollars that are spent. So I have friends that are business owners. Obviously I'm a business owner, but I don't have a ton of employees. My friends that have a lot of employees are often complaining about the cost of workers comp and just the rising costs there. Talk to us about what's different about your firm and you know what's innovative and, and what you do differently than you know everybody else that sells workers comp. Yeah, definitely. So you know, I kind of got my feet wet at Farmers, and then um, I got headhunted and picked up, uh, and I and I worked for a company called Hub International, which is uh, probably the, I think it's like the ninth largest PNC brokerage firm in, if not the world, at least the United States. Um, they had about five thousand agents working for them, very corporate um, structure there, and. When I was there, I really kind of learned like what these large brokerage firms are all about. Um, you know, during that time, Hub was, and they still are, a lot of the large firms are going through acquisition after acquisition. That's, you know, they have a lot of private equity behind them. They go in, they buy small regional firms that have decent sized books of business, and then they strip out all the, the waste, so to speak. You know, the human touch is really lost in that. During my short time, I was only there for, for a year, um, and I just, I just couldn't continue on that path. You know, we strive to always 
do what's best for the client. And I think that that's really what separates, I'll tell my clients that if they have a better option on the table, that they, that they should take it, you know, because of whatever the reasoning behind you, whether it's financial or service or whatever it is, I'm, I'm not going to just sell them on, uh, on our solution, just, just to make a, make a dollar. Um, and so that's kind of where the, where the company started is going from this really large corporate brokerage firm and world um, to creating a boutique brokerage. You know, while you're at those large brokers or even, even small, small brokers, they're also trying to sell you all the different lines of coverage that you might hold. You might have general liability, commercial auto, professional liability, you know, whatever it is. Each one of those comes with a, a revenue source for the agency, obviously. When I started 360 Risk Partners, I said, we're not going to sell anything other than workers' comp. And we will be the absolute best workers' comp solution for our customers. Um, and I feel like anybody that is not just focusing on one product or solution is almost doing their clients a disservice because I'm, I'm not going to take a general liability policy just to make some money because I know that whoever it is down the street that specializes in general liability is, is going to be able to service that client better than I am. By operating kind of under that structure, we've also been able to build out a very unique platform, a, like a service delivery platform where all of our service and back office support for our customers is 100% directed at helping them on their workers' comp costs, um, as well as you know claims and, and, and all those other things. Because we've kind of created this niche, we've also created relationships with some very unique programs in the marketplace um, that are not your standard cookie cutter workers' comp policies. And we work with our customers to design very out of the box, innovative risk solutions um, to not only lower costs, but overall mitigate risk in the future, helping them to, to maintain the asset that they've built. That's really interesting. So essentially it's kind of a, a targeted segmentation strategy where you're saying, instead of being a generalist and trying to offer all of these different types of policies, you're just going to be the best at workers comp. I think that's a, a really cool strategy. To me, it reminds me of in real estate, I'm a commercial real estate broker. I help people find office space, warehouse space, but you often run into some people that say, oh, I do residential and commercial. And my immediate thought there is, you know, if you're going to buy a house, you want someone that is doing residential 24 seven all the time. You don't want someone that's in, you know, one foot in both worlds. And I think what you're talking about is maybe something that a lot of firms are doing, which is having a toe in a bunch of different revenue lines. And really what you want is someone who's a specialist in workers' comp. Absolutely. I also read on your website that some of your services uh, help employers clean up existing workers' comp claims. Like that is something I didn't know you could get help with. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. One of the biggest attractants of business that we like to work with, we don't go after like vanilla risk is what we call it. Um, you know, your, your, your mom and pop shops that really haven't had any claims. Um, you know, they might have family members working for them. Uh, all, all the companies that are really low risk, that's not really our bread and butter. Our bread and butter and our value comes in working with companies that are both high risk and have had bad claims experience. So they've had multiple uh, occupational accidents uh, within the workplace. There's a 
term called an experience modification, which is kind of like a credit score for a business, but it's with relation to your workers' comp. And that credit score or experience mod fluctuates from 100 up and down. And so if you have a, a worse experience mod than the same exact company next door, then you're going to be paying um, incrementally more for your premium. And that's all based on claims. So when we take on a customer, um, and like you said, you didn't know that there was the ability to actually fix things that have happened in the past. And that is usually the biggest misconception when it comes to workers' comp and the claims process. Um, there are a multitude of, of, of things that can be done um, from the claims either costing too much uh, in the long run um, or just being over-reserved. So statistically speaking, in California, claims in California are over-reserved, meaning that they are actually inflating the cost that they know the claim is going to cost ultimately in the end by about 45%. So that's a pretty significant number. This also goes back into why California is so expensive from a rates perspective and why all your other business owner friends complain about it. But, but all of those things are just things that the carriers are doing um, to increase premiums to offset costs of claims. It's hand over fist they're making, really. Um, and so there's an exercise that we run with all of our uh, potential prospects, which is where we really, we, we analyze and we dive down into the experience modification of, the, of their actual business. And we can show them exactly what every claim that they've had is costing them in terms of actual premium dollars. And it, what we do is we really show them that workers comp is not really an insurance product in California. It's a financing solution and it's at an extremely high interest rate. Um, you know, because these claims actually contribute to the mod for three full years, you might have a claim that costs $5,000 to the insurance company. You know, somebody broke their arm, fixed it up, was off work for a week, five, five grand. Well, over the course of three years, that claim is going to cost that employer anywhere from fifteen to $20,000 in additional premium that they're paying. And if they stay with that same carrier, that carrier has, has now made fifteen to twenty grand on a $5,000 investment. You know, there's obviously the, the instances where you have claims which are in the hundreds of thousands, and those don't always make up. Um, but majority of claims, the average claim cost that's not litigated in California is $7,000. By having a team, my director of claims has been in the claims business for 30 plus years and has worked on every level of a claim. And so she steps in and we take over management of any open claim that our clients coming on board have. Now we don't, we don't get paid for that. Um, we pick up all the slack that the, whoever was the previous broker of record. Um, and I would say that probably less than 3% of brokers in California and really nationwide have the claims team that, that an insured really needs uh, to, to, to manage the claims process. Uh, so we typically take over uh, management of those claims and we force the insurance companies to lower the reserves. So take away the, the inflation that they're putting on, on those claim uh, costs that are really just driving up premiums. Uh, as well as push it through the process, uh, making sure that you know all the appointments that need to be made are actually happening with the injured employee going to their, um, their qualified uh, medical examiner appointments, physical therapy, things like that. Just 
hand-holding through the process, and that significantly uh, impacts the, the cost, overall cost of the claim, which ultimately results in reduced premium. That's really interesting. So essentially, it sounds like there's kind of a, a mod score, almost like a credit score. You can have a good one or you can have a bad one, but your firm can actually help people kind of clean up their score in a sense too. Yeah, exactly. Almost like, almost like credit repair, but for your workers' compensation mod score. Yeah, and, and I mean, a big part of it is just education. We lead with education. I, I put huge value on creating a relationship with our customers that is more consultive rather than a, a sales role, right? Like nobody, nobody wants to talk to an insurance salesman, right? You know, but the guy that's going to come in and, and, and teach you something and, and make you more educated, whether that actually turns out that we end up doing business or not, at least I know that they've, they've left that, that first meeting with something that is going to better themselves in the future in their decision-making process um, or, or the claim process when, when injuries do occur within the, the workplace. Very interesting. And two big numbers that you highlight on your website that I thought were interesting, and, and now this is making more sense to me, is it's saying 37% average client savings. That seems like a lot, and it probably comes down to the fact that you're bringing this education consulting piece to people that need it most, not necessarily, you know, a small, you know, mom and pop to, to employee business, but someone who really needs your service. And that's why they can see some significant savings. Yeah, you're right. The savings are partially from an education and, and consulting basis, but really where we're able to negotiate that type of savings is because we, during our, our, our sales prospect from, you know, the initial cold call to, you know, that, that uh, Exmont analysis and education piece that we talked about throughout the underwriting process, we really get to know our, our client and we get to know what issues they've experienced, the claims that they have had, how did they happen? What was done to make any changes so that those don't happen in the future? And if there weren't things that were done, we work with them to implement new policies and procedures or strategies to mitigate those types of injuries from occurring again in the future. And so when we get through all that, we, we really know how to paint and a lot of the underwriting process with any carrier that we work with uh, is just knowing how to paint the right picture. Um, you know, we're not just filling out a form or an application and, you know, sending it in uh, to them and saying, you know, give us a price, right? Like we are really putting together a really nice package that shows them everything that we're working on with our, with our customer um, and what we're going to continue working on and why this insurance company should offer this particular pricing rather than just looking at them as a company that's had a ton of claims they're going to jack up the rates because of that we're able to use those as negotiating pieces in order to get additional discounts and credits off of the price that that, that they originally submit got it thanks for clarifying that yeah that makes sense okay perfect well Obviously, you know, we see where you're at right now and kind of what, you know, what value you're adding to your clients. When you were building your business, uh, you know, what was a mistake that you made uh, that you won't make again? The biggest mistake that I made was veering off of my original mission statement of focusing on just one particular product and being an expert in it. 
you know, I made a, a, a bad call and, and started representing a, a different insurance product um, that is not workers comp. It just not only did it take away from the core competency of the business, but it just created a whole list of new headaches and issues. And um, I, that was definitely the, the, the biggest mistake. One that I'm, I'm still actually paying for today because uh, it's just, uh, it's never ending. So I, I certainly get that. Yeah. At, at a previous firm, our managing director used to say, don't, don't be a star broker. And a star is someone who goes from West Sac to Placerville to Lincoln to Auburn to, you know, making a star all over the greater Sacramento area. You want to be a specialist in a few spots and in a few specific types of services. So I, I, I certainly think it's, especially when you're out there hustling and you're, and you're getting going, it's hard to pass up on opportunity. And it takes a lot of self-restraint to just say, you know what, that's not, that's not in my wheelhouse. That's not my core competency. Yeah, sure. Excellent. Okay. So we've spoke about a few things already so far, but you know, what about your business? Is there something that you're particularly proud of? I am proud of the relationships that we have created with our customers the relationships that we have with our clients are very long lasting. Um, and I mean, we, we, we have a 96% retention uh, on our book of business when in the industry, the average is about 70. And unfortunately we're in it, we're in a, a business and in an industry where everything that we tell them, they always tell us, well, that's what everybody says. And so, um, you know, we immediately uh, are, are put in the doghouse and we need to crawl our way out. Um, and, and prove to them, yeah, we, we tell you these things, but we actually follow through. And, you know, because of that, our, our customers stay, stay with us and refer us to friends or their colleagues. Perfect. That makes sense. Okay, great. Uh, we are going to take a quick break here to get a word from our high paying and very important sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Carlson O'Connell Commercial Real Estate. Carlson O'Connell helps business owners buy and lease commercial buildings. Are you tired of spending hard-earned money on expensive commercial rent? Go to carlsonoconnell.com to schedule a no-pressure, free lease versus own analysis. With record low commercial interest rates and 10% down SBA loans, you could be your own landlord. Trade in your monthly lease payment for an appreciating real estate asset to supercharge your net worth. Contact Carlson O'Connell for more information. License number is 0197-101. Okay, we are back with Brett Fair, the founder and managing partner of 360 Risk Partners. He's told us about how his firm is different, how he's built it, really all the value he can add to business owners by specializing laser focused on workers' comp insurance. Uh, now that he's talked to us a little bit about his business, we're going to get a little more personal information and just ask him some fun questions. So, uh, first question is, who is your favorite sports team? You only get one. Sacramento Kings, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah. You know, you, they can't see my cup, but, and I got, that's Mitch Richmond's signed game shoes right there. Oh my gosh. Who, who signed it? Mitch Richmond. Oh, I have a Mitch Richmond autograph right over here. Probably the all-time oh. great king. And then that's all the Jason Williams and D-Bucks on that basketball. That 99 squad is on that basketball. You got the whole 99 squad on the basketball? Got the whole 99 squad. 
Ooh, that Jason Williams autograph is particularly valuable. I've, I've kind of looked at a few of those on eBay and those are not easy to come by. Yeah, it doesn't look like a signature either. It's more of just a scribble. <laughs> well, no, yeah, knowing him, he probably was just scribbling on stuff. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I, I love how I say knowing him, like he and I are buddies. And I'm just like classic Jason. You know? yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that's great. Well, I, I am with you. I am a big Sacramento Kings fan, which is so tough to do these days. Uh, it sounds like another another season coming gone where we're talking about draft prospects again. But uh, thought we had it when we started off four and zero, right? Like, what happened? I'm not. I don't know if there's a team in the NBA that had so many ridiculous streaks of like consistent wins and then consistent losses. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think. I mean. I think Walton needs to go, but that's just personal opinion. I, I completely agree with you. I think uh, it, you, you can't have another season like this and, and, no. and kind of stick with the same, uh, you know, captain at the helm. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, all I got to say is anyone who is a proud Kings fan at this point is the most legit sports fan of all time, because there has been so many reasons to, to not and to go start rooting for the Warriors or something. So uh, hats off to you. Yeah. How about uh, what's a good book you've read or listened to recently? Ooh, I've got it right here. I don't know who wrote it though. Limitless by Jim Quick. Limitless by Jim Quick. Okay, I don't think I've read that one. Have you? Did you, you just start it, or have you read it already? Uh, I've read it. It's really good. Um, really, really good. Also, for the salesperson, uh, uh, Spin. Spin is a good one. I have heard of Spin as well. Also, not read that. What's what's the premise of Limitless? Uh, it's just all about how to look at the world in a different in a different light and how to take negatives into positives. You know, all that feel feel good stuff. Wake up and put your smile on. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's really good. I, I read books like that all of the time. And yeah, sometimes they feel a little bit feel good, but sometimes that's the inspiration you need when, when you're a business owner and you have to, you know, kick yourself in the butt to get, to get going on your day. You know, sometimes you need that extra boost. And I think these books are a great way for kind of continuing education. And sometimes just a little tweak in your mindset can really pay dividends. Yeah. Oh, one more. That's actually probably my favorite I've read in last year. It's called getting naked. And I know that, that like, I know that sounds crazy, uh, but it's and it's like a really good story too because it pretty much just follows uh, a guy in a new career and learning uh, how these his competitor, uh, whom they acquired, are winning business even though they're bigger and better. It's all about like getting naked in front of your clients. Like that's why it's called getting naked. But that one is uh, that's probably one of my absolute favorites actually. From a marketing perspective, I love a provocative title like that just because you're not going to forget it. You know, some, yeah. of, some of these business books are, you know, I, nothing against Limitless, but like that's a title I could forget. But I'm not going to walk away from this conversation and forget about a, a business book called Get, right. Getting Naked. Yeah. Um, what is the last song you listen to? Feel free to lie. I've just been hearing so much DMX lately because uh, he just died, right? <laughs> um, uh, you know. Uh, that's just been like all over. So I guess DMX, right? That's that's awesome. I'm not sure if you listen to the Middle of Somewhere podcast. It's a it's a comedy podcast with a few stand up comedians. But in their most recent episode, the guy 
uh, lives in a town in New Jersey and DMX is like the local celebrity. And so he met DMX like in three really random times. It was pretty, pretty entertaining stories of just like casual encounters with DMX as like the local town celebrity. Well, somewhere, what is it called? Middle of nowhere? Middle of somewhere. Middle of somewhere. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a funny podcast. Can definitely be crass, not super safe for kids, but uh, it's uh, that, that particular episode where they talk about run-ins with DMX is really funny. Awesome. Check it out. As we kind of sum everything up here, you know, is there anything in particular you want to tell the audience about your business or, you know, anything you want to promote or how can they reach you? You know, what would you like them to know that you haven't had a chance to say? If you've ever been uh, privy to workers comp fraud or had questions on workers comp and didn't know where to turn or didn't feel like you were getting the support that you needed, uh, we are always willing to, to help, even if that means that we don't actually get your business. I like being a professional because, uh, and an expert in the business because I think that it furthers the, the, the industry as a whole because more knowledge creates more opportunities. And so you can reach us on our website at www.360riskpartners.com or you can shoot us an email, which will come straight to me, info at 360riskpartners.com. Perfect, okay, great. Well, thank you again, Brad. I know you're a busy guy. Thank you for taking time to talk with us. I feel like I learned a lot about what you do and uh, you know, hopefully there'll be some people out there that can use your service. Cool, thanks Dave. Yeah, absolutely. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks again for listening. Uh, if it weren't for you and our guest, I'd just be talking to myself. Until next time, support local businesses and stay happy. This podcast is brought to you by Carlson O'Connell Commercial Real Estate. Carlson O'Connell helps business owners buy and lease commercial buildings. Are you tired of spending hard-earned money on expensive commercial rent? Go to carlsonoconnell.com to schedule a no-pressure, free lease versus own analysis. With record low commercial interest rates and 10% down SBA loans, you could be your own landlord. Trade in your monthly lease payment for an appreciating real estate asset to supercharge your net worth. Contact Carlson O'Connell for more information. License number 019 771